This week on the Federalist Radio Hour. The Arizona race is such an, an interesting one because Blake Masters, from at least my perspective, is a very good candidate and a good sort of glimpse at what the future of the Republican Party could and should be. But it's telling also when that money sort of came out. Subscribe to The Federalist on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Dana Lash here for ARC Seeds. There's a growing sense of instability and uncertainty. Gas, housing, everyday items are way up. Uh, Food prices have the nation reeling. The ability to grow your own healthy food is on almost everybody's mind. So this is why I want to tell you about ARC Seed Kits. You can visit ARC, A-R-K, ARCSeedKits.com and enter code Dana to receive 10% off. Now, ARC Seed Kits, it's a non-GMO seed company. It's family owned and they provide heirloom seeds for across the nation for over 13 years. They want to make sure every home in America has the ability to grow and harvest its own food. Now, these are the highest quality heirloom seeds. They arrive in a sustainable container offering long-term and short-term storage. And they also bring seed-saving knowledge and food preparedness to you and your community. You can get seeds for vegetables and herbs. They have 50,000 organically grown seeds in each kit. Talking corn, watermelon, cucumbers, lettuce, beans, tomatoes, all kinds of stuff designed to grow new nutrient and calorie dense vegetables and fruits to sustain any home at any time. So, and they can be harvested and regrown year after year. You guys know how heirloom seeds work, right? Chaz Chop in Portland didn't. So visit Arc Seed Kits and enter Dana to get your 10% discount code and be on your way to food and economic security, helping you and your family and your community. It's a limited time offer. Visit arcseedkits.com, A-R-K, and order your seed kits and save 10% today. How many of you know somebody with diabetes needs insulin? Well, guess what? And we, when, we, when, when, we, when Debbie and I passed this law, it included everybody, not just seniors. And so what happened was we said, okay, you know how much it costs to make that insulin drug for diabetes? Cost. It was invented by a man who did not patent it because he wanted it available for everyone. I spoke to him, okay? Mm. He spoke to him. Wow, he spoke to him. It's pretty amazing that he was able to speak to him. He must have some pretty crazy powers. Biden said at an event yesterday that he spoke to the guy who invented insulin. He spoke to the guy who did it. I know. Dr. Frederick Banting and Professor John James Richard McLeod, they were awarded the Nobel Peace Prize for medicine in 1923. They discovered insulin in 1921. Banting passed away in 1941. And McLeod passed away in 1935. So the reason why I think that this is so monumental, that Biden met the inventor of the one of the guys who made insulin, is... Because it would mean that he would have had to have gone back in time. You see, Biden wasn't born until 1942. And remember, McLeod passed in 35. Banting passed in 41. Now, Banting didn't put his name on the patent because he thought it was unethical. So, and McLeod similarly declined. So either one of them, none of them were alive when he was born. That's a pretty amazing feat for the president of the United States to have done and we need to scientifically figure out how he did it because that would make him supremely powerful welcome to the program ladies and gentlemen your lovable curmudgeon dana lash here with you to get your hump day started off and there is a lot 
to get in. I got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff uh, for midterms, which we're going to get into. We will get into that just here shortly. But, you know, the president, he's this is why they don't send him to campaign because of stuff like this. He uh, was speaking yesterday and they're having him go. I also read that they're having him go to the states where he won by triple digits. He took those states by triple digits. So they're having him go to these states where he was successful uh, in 2020. And those are the only states that he's going to speak. Those are the people that are going to probably forgive him if he says stupid stuff like this again. Uh, Maybe. Maybe they will. So (laughs) I don't know if I mean, where do we want to start, Kane? Because we've got so many shenanigans today. I'm thinking the southern accent. You think the southern accent part? Okay, let's hear let's hear Joe Biden's southern accent. A senator from Florida going after Medicare and Social Security. I tell you what, I don't know where, as they say, Southern don't know where y'all been. Hot damn, boy! I tell you, look. Um. What? Also. Did he just drop a GD? He did. I mean, I know he said G-O-T, but did he? I think yes. we actually don't know. Let's just be fair. We really don't know. He may not know either, but it sounded like he did. I don't know what the Fetterman he was talking about. Really don't know. He goes, as they say, in, this is literally the transcript. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Because he was mumbling. Quote, as they say in Southern... Doesn't know where y'all been. Got damn boy. End quote. I left it in specifically because it was spelled like that. Yeah. yeah, Steve Steve is our forensic audiologist. And uh, so he left it in. He also does that in in addition to helping to engineer the program. But he's a forensic. You didn't know you had that title, but you do now. I'll make you a diploma. I'm changing my Twitter bio right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Added the transcribers that I feel for, like with John Fetterman and then with Biden. It's I, the, the guys transcribing what they're saying. Can I just I pause for. on this soundbite? Because you guys, we've got more. But can I just pause right here for a second? Because now I, I mean, I, I know that there are, like you have, and I'm not comparing it to hell, but I'm just saying for illustrative purposes, for levels. Now you have like Dante's Inferno and you got seven different, different levels of stuff, right? Like you got layer cake, you got different levels of stuff. You know what I'm saying? I realize that there are a couple different levels of Southern and then you got my Cajun friends and I don't know where y'all fit in this, but you know, my family's from Southern Missouri. They're from the Ozarks. So that's sufficiently Southern. I don't know what quote doesn't know where y'all been means. Now, Kane, you technically are super Southern. So yeah, half of me is super southern. Like, what does that mean? That's a great question. Doesn't know where y'all been. What? Doesn't know where y'all. Be- I really, honestly, I have no idea. Who is he talking to? I don't know, but it actually didn't have anything to do with what he was talking about either. If you no, look, if yeah, you look he, at you know the transcripts, it had really nothing to do with it. We would play that for you, but we're worried about those who are driving. They would be concentrating so hard figuring out what the hell he's talking about. We're worried you may run off the road. So we don't want that to happen. I just, I really don't, I don't know what he's talking about. So I I don't know. So now that's not the only thing, by the way, that took place yesterday. Because, you know, you have, uh, everybody's gearing up there. He's gearing up now. Here's the other thing. 
he and we'll play the other the other stuff. I let me bring me up the social security. So this is they've launched the new narrative. Uh, uh, uh. It's a new narrative alert. New narrative alert. They have launched a new narrative, ladies and gentlemen. And the new narrative has to do with Republicans coming to snatch up all y'all's old people medicine. As they say in Southern. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about here. I mean, I, I, I get how they're trying to spin it, but it's inaccurate. So this is, I'm sorry, I'm trying to f- figure out which thousand audio soundbite it is. Uh, it is, I'm not even kidding you. <laughs> Where is it? I know it's here. It's audio soundbite 11 D frillion something. But he was, he was talking specifically about Social Security. And he was saying, oh, well, they're going to they're gonna take Social Security. You had these Republicans. They're going to be cutting your Social Security, cutting this. And just let me know when you... F- okay, because there's a million times. This is from the report. I, 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 I made it larger. Listed all they want to do. Quote, all federal legislation sunsets means go out of it goes out of existence in five years if the law is but no this is it now anyway let let me know when we got this because that was the huge soundbite yesterday he was he was railing on social security now here's the issue with what he's been saying he also tweeted about it too he mentioned it in his speech yesterday He, he and he tweeted about it after his speech he said yeah he, he had said, Democrats will protect Social Security, will protect Medicare. That's the first one. Then he started launching into a bunch of tweets about Social Security. Yeah, listen. You've been paying the Social Security your whole life. You earned it. Now these guys want to take it away. Who in the hell do they think they are? Excuse my language. Well, as they say now in they Southern. The real ticking time bomb. This one is outrageous. I mean it. And I've been there a long time. Now... The Republican leader is saying, if I don't cooperate in cutting Social Security between going back into session and the end of this term, they're going to shut down the government by not providing the votes to pay our federal debt to other countries in the world. So this is what they're trying to sca- They couldn't scare women about abortions. And by the way, there's a new Wall Street Journal poll out about women. Remember the New York Times poll? Where that it was the New York Times uh, Siena College poll that was showcasing how many of these independent, you know, women voters are leaving the Democrat Party and they're voting Republican this time, which is it's freaking them out. And it should because that they peaked too early with that. And so now abortion's not a concern. The economy is. And so now they're like, well, let's go back to the well. The other the other thing we've got is we can scaremonger on Social Security. They love to sell this line that they have all your Social Security money protected. It's not. They spend it all. They use it as a damn slush fund. That's why everybody makes fun of Al Gore's promise of a lockbox, because it never happened. So this is what this is what they were talking about. You had one senator who was talking about uh, Social Security, and that was like rejected, apparently, by Mitch McConnell. Uh, but the other thing that they were discussing, and it was actually an Obama proposal, what oh yeah it was they're trying to scare voters about this program the thing is is that republicans don't they don't actually can i be real they don't actually have a plan on social security uh democrats want to rate it Uh, some republicans would love to see it privatized but republicans officially they don't really have a a a big plan on it uh there was a really good piece over i hate even saying the name of this publication but it is what it is over at uh, uh bloomberg and they were discussing how Republicans 
you know, benefits are growing beyond the program's revenue. And it was never supposed to be a permanent program. It was always supposed to be something temporary post-war. But the thing that had been proposed that McConnell had made one mention of was something that was proposed back under Barack Obama. And it had to do with eliminating duplicate uh, Social Security payments for in, within the disability uh, program. And it only amounted to 0.02% of the entire budget. So it was literally just eliminating concurrent payments, payments that were incorrect, people who received double of what they were supposed, that's all they were, that's all, and that was actually proposed under Barack Obama. And Mitch McConnell had made one mention of it, and I just think it's funny how Joe Biden is seizing on this. The Democrats are pouncing. That's what they like to say, right? They're they're pouncing on this when it wasn't even actually a Republican proposition. So they had, it had been mentioned during a proposal about maybe perhaps at some point. They, they I think it was, what who was it? Rick Scott who had said something about it. I can't even remember at this point. But they, they it was one senator and he was immediately contradicted by Mitch McConnell. And here's the thing. This is the other thing that they're going back to, and this is what the Bloomberg piece says. In October 2018, Mitch McConnell had observed that there's bipartisan reluctance to tackle entitlement changes. His Democratic counterpart, Chuck Schumer, said that he had showed who the Republican Party really is. And Schumer even got reporters to buy the spin that McConnell had actually said the GOP will push to cut spending on Medicare, Medicaid and Social Security if they retained control of the Senate. Except that's inaccurate. That is not anywhere. There's there's no one coming for Social Security. I mean, except the you know Democrats who have been reading it. I mean, that's that's it. So this idea that I I mean I it's kind of weird that that's where he's that 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 that's what they're pushing. There is no raid, no no nothing on Social Security. But that's their that they need something. They've got to have something. So this is what they're going to try to push since abortion didn't work for them. They're going to push this. Now, remember, one thing on Social Security, there does need to be a plan. It has less than 13 years before it goes broke. We've been saying this forever. They do have to take this seriously. So looking at any kind of incorrect spending, duplicate payments, I have to say that would be a start, even though it was an Obama idea. That would be a start. Rights, immigration, foreign policy, and marriage. Folks, these subjects are a big part of political dialogue today, and we talk about them often on my show. They're at the heart of so many campaigns this election. But what did our founding fathers say about these issues? We've moved so far from the founders' understanding of government that you'll be surprised by their answers. Right now, my favorite college, Hillsdale College, has the best way to learn about the founders' deep and wise insights into human nature. Join Hillsdale professors Thomas West and David Azarad as they explore the thoughts and ideas of America's founders in Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Real American Founding, A Conversation. So what are you waiting for? The midterm elections are right around the corner, and you need to understand the founders' thoughts about the pressing issues of their and our time. Visit DanaForHillsdale.com to watch the trailer video of The Real American Founding, A Conversation, and sign up for this new completely free online course. That's DanaForHillsdale.com. DanaForHillsdale.com. 
And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. So Elon Musk reveals that Trump's Twitter ban and other things are going to stay in place for weeks still. They said that uh, I really don't care about deplatforming because I'm still mad over the $8 a month that they're asking people to pay. For what? For crap service? For throttling? For shadow banning? For being suspended? For saying the proper pronouns? I mean, exactly what are we paying for here? You know, like what? I mean, if we wanted to go get abused, we could go to any like street corner in San Francisco and have that done, and we'd probably get better service. So apparently, he's saying that they're... The decision's not going to be made until after the elections. They said anybody who was deplatformed for TOS, they had a clear... But, you know, everything is a part of TOS, though. See, you got to be careful. He's... Don't... Everybody's in a rush to crown him as this, like, savior. He's not a conservative. And he may be better or he may be worse for Twitter. Or it may be status quo. You don't know. So let's not crown people until we see what they actually do. Uh, Moving on. Israel's about to get Benjamin Netanyahu 2.0. He's apparently going towards another win in Israel. They had uh, Associated Press saying that he was 85% of the ballots from the national elections were counted. Isn't this like, how many has this been for them in four years? Can you imagine going through this many elections in four years here in the United States? I would go crazy. There's no way. Toyota is abandoning smart keys because semiconductors, the scarcity and the problem is not going away. So now, I know, so now they can't, they're trying to get their hands on semiconductor chips, so now they're limiting smart keys to one per car in Japan. Pfizer reports a record third quarter revenues thanks to government COVID purchases, and because the government's not going to be paying for them anymore, they're going to try to have to make them mandatory for your kids. That's what that's all about. Let's just be real. Trinity College is okay with pride flags, but they removed an American flag on campus, according to Daily Caller. They say school officials at Trinity College in Connecticut removed two patriotic flags hanging from a student's dorm, but they allowed other students to hang pride flags. Students were filming it as part of viral footage posted to TikTok. So that's that seems a little bit uh, unfair, does it not? Coming up, we have some economic headlines, and uh, nobody knows what Joe Biden's talking about, but we're going to play it for you anyway. Yeah, grab a table. Dana Lash here for ARC Seeds. There's a growing sense of instability and uncertainty. Gas, housing, everyday items are way up. Uh, Food prices have the nation reeling. The ability to grow your own healthy food is on almost everybody's mind. So this is why I want to tell you about ARC Seed Kits. You can visit ARC, A-R-K, ARCSeedKits.com and enter code Dana to receive 10% off. Now, ARC Seed Kits, it's a non-GMO seed company. It's family owned and they provide heirloom seeds for across the nation for over 13 years. They want to make sure every home in America has the ability to grow and harvest its own food. And these are the highest quality heirloom seeds. They arrive in a sustainable container offering long-term and short-term storage. And they also bring seed-saving knowledge and food preparedness to you and your community. You can get seeds for vegetables and herbs. They have 50,000 organically grown seeds in each kit. We're talking corn, watermelon, cucumbers, lettuce, beans, tomatoes, all kinds of stuff designed to grow new nutrient and calorie dense vegetables and fruits to sustain any home at any time. So, and they can be harvested and regrown year after year. You guys know how heirloom seeds work, right? Chaz Chop in Portland didn't. So visit Arc Seed Kits and enter Dana to get your 10% discount code and be on your way to food and economic security, helping you and your family and your community. It's a limited time offer. Visit arcseedkits.com, A-R-K, and order your seed kits and save 10% today. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. 
and they talk about inflation. You know, we're dealing with it for a whole second. Inflation is a worldwide problem right now because of a war in Iraq and the impact on oil and what Russia's doing. I mean, excuse me, the war in, in Ukraine. And uh, thinking of Iraq because that's where my son died. The, uh... <laughs> what? No, that is not right. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here. How many times does that look, guys? Even the Washington Post fact checked that. They even fact checked fact checked it. That conservative bastion. Yeah. Welcome back to the program, Dana Lash here. Speaking of fact check, by the way, so you guys know how I am. So there's a Brianna Milford who reached out from the New Yorker. They're doing a hit piece on somebody, and they wanted me to. They asked. They said. Uh, uh, you know, the New Yorker, the people who ran the story of the border agent and claimed that he had a Nazi tattoo on his arm when he didn't because the fact checking's so great. Oh, I have a lot of others. I never come without receipts, guys. So Brianna Milford is working on a story. They won't tell me what it's about. And they said that it includes details from a clip of Dana Lash speaking at a crime prevention research center fundraiser in 2015. 2015. And they asked uh, if Dana would like me to run through what's in the clip with her because I have all the time in the world to sit down with an entity that couldn't even fact check a basic story about Border Patrol. And I have 11 trillion other instances that I'm more than happy to share with you, replete with screenshots and deleted tweets that, you know, if I, I have the time to sit down and run through a video, you know, let's just pause radio today. And because this clearly. And they said and and. It was asked, you know, okay, well, what exactly is the story about? What are what quote? Oh, we can't share that. They won't tell me what it's about. Do not play hardball with me. This never works out. I mean, it always does for me, but do not play hardball with me. And I don't take kindly to really disingenuous presentations of stuff. I don't care if you're a reporter and you disagree with me. You just be forthright with me. Otherwise, I'll treat you as is deserved. And we all know that fact-checking is this industry that was created in the wake of Trump's win in 2016. And it's not really fact-checking. You have the same legacy press that realized they had to come up with some way to exert authority when, as their credibility wanes. So they're like, oh, we have fact-checkers. Would you like to hear some of my examples of how that doesn't work out so well for people? Because I have them. So case in point. You've heard me talk about the one that had to do with the U- the wounded U.S. Uh, Marine veteran. Actually, there was this one wasn't. I'll correct myself. This one was uh, he was not a border agent. He was just a wounded Marine veteran. And the staff writer and fact checker for the New Yorker, Talia Levin, took to Twitter to condemn him. Actually, he works as a forensic analysis for ICE, but he wasn't there at border at the border. It was a Titan II tattoo. She said that it was the Nazi Iron Cross. He was at a desk in a wheelchair working. And they ran this huge piece about how he has a Nazi symbol on his arm. And then, because their own fact checker at the New Yorker did not check their facts, the New Yorker had to issue an apology after the online backlash was so crazy. So they wrote this, quote, 
The New Yorker has just learned that a staff member erroneously made a derogatory assumption about ICE agent Justin Gertner's tattoo. The personal social media accounts of staff members do not represent the magazine. And we know, no, 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 no. You're not even going to get even the Anti-Defamation League came out. Even they came out. That reporter had to resign from the New Yorker, you know, because fact checking. I mean, he was a, a wounded Marine veteran. So tell me why I'm supposed to take without any context, any request for fact checking from anyone who presents one. I know how this works. I've been in media since I was in college. I know how this works. I mean, it's, it's kind of amazing. Or what about when the New Yorker mischaracterized one of Al Franken's accusers? It was a huge piece they ran, a long one, by Jane Mayer, where they looked at the sexual harassment allegations against Al Franken. One of those, by the way, was made by, uh, by a uh, mutual uh, friend. Actually, it's by, from a friend of mine. A friend of a friend. And this one, they were trying to give unflattering characterizations of Leanne Tweeden's story. Remember, she was one of the women who came forward because there are photographs out there showing him grabbing her chesticle area or attempting to grab her chesticle area while she was sleeping. And so the New Yorker mischaracterized one of the accusers. It was so bad that even the progressive swamp digital entity known as Jezebel because nothing says credibility for a women's digital publication like calling it that they actually had to they actually went after the New Yorker because they they mischaracterized it and then they had to once again walk back so I repeat why Should I take without any further information or context a request from a fact checker at a publication that has a pretty bad track record of fact checking? I've got more, but I think I've kind of made my point. I mean, I can go for the rest of the hour, shall I? Or have I made my point? Okay. This is what I'm talking about. You can't, it's it's the fact checking thing it, it was never, it's not about fact-checking. I told you how I share, it was on my personal Facebook page. And I quoted a story, and I want to say that I actually think the story ran in the Wall Street Journal. And it was a quote from Pfizer. And it was, it was weird because it wasn't the focus of the story. The focus of the story was on some of the, the shares and what, what money Pfizer was making, etc. But long story short, they had one of their faces from Pfizer saying that, yeah, well, you know, we didn't really uh, in the clinical trials test to see if this thing actually prevents transmission. I'm like, they even admit that it doesn't. And the Facebook fact checkers immediately, dur, 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 that's not true. You can't say that it doesn't prevent transmission. You can't say that it didn't, that they didn't test it to prevent transmission. In the clinical trials, they didn't test it to prevent, see if it prevents transmission. That I took a screenshot of it. It was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Like you literally just repeated what I said fact check actually that's your, that's my favorite thing so ridiculous so i have a few other things to hit because uh 
as you know, the president's going to be speaking at Union Station in Washington, D.C. That used to be a pretty cool place. It was like really nice. I remember the first time that I w- went there. It was uh, it was like pretty bougie. It's the Union Station Plaza. I mean, it's a really. I mean, it's you know all the trains going. The Amtrak goes in there. I had to, I've had to take it a couple of times when I've done when I've done work in New York and I had to get to D.C. because it's actually a pretty quick train ride. Uh, but uh, and it's it's easier than getting on a plane. And. It's you get out and they have all kinds of they have like they had really nice restaurants. They I mean, they had the the French uh, macaron place really nice. I mean, it was like kind of swanky for what it is. You know what I mean? But I'm like, it's D.C. Now it's apparently a lawless hellscape because the crime is crazy. And it's now apparently uh, just a massive one large homeless encampment. That's pretty much all it is now. And that seems like a fitting backdrop, I got to say, for Biden's campaign boost speech tonight. That's what he's doing. Let's be real. It's on the threats to democracy, giving them more. Another speech on this. I don't know how many times he says, apparently Politico says that the speech was scheduled just because of the attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband. Which brings me back to now do you see why we're demanding answers on this? If it's big enough for the president of the United States to give a primetime speech accusing half of the country of like inciting violence, then which, by the way, can we can the media please stop trying to sell me on this idea that this underwear clad hammer wielding BLM flag waving uh, San Francisco gay man is some kind of mega mega extremist? Can we not? So he's giving the speech. Warning about escalating threats against the nation's democracy. So he's trying to scare people into thinking that if you don't vote for Democrats, this is what's going to happen. I just can't believe. How many of these speeches has he given? Prime time. This is the second one in what? A month and a half? Primetime addresses are usually reserved for things that are pretty important, right? I think the last time, I think I, the example that I gave was George W. Bush and, and Iraq. Or when Barack Obama, when it was announced that uh, Osama bin Laden was marked, justifiably. So, what this? Because of Paul Pelosi? Because of drunkard Paul Pelosi? Are you kidding me? This is what Politico says. They said that his speech comes in the wake of the brutal beating of the husband of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. So, this is what his whole speech is going to be about. Be damn, I gotta watch this for work. Kane. For real. 7 p.m. at the hellscape that is Union Station. That's that's kind of fitting, isn't it? Yeah. Why there? I'm really trying to wrap my head about around the people who are his strategists. Is it Hunter? Like, why there? Did Hunter that would make sense if it was him? Because I hear that the drug problem within the homeless encampment is pretty bad. So that would actually kind of make sense in that instance. So I just, I don't know. No, this is them using Nancy Pelosi as a way to try to demand some kind of, I don't know, involvement beyond what they're allowed in the election. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I just, it's, this is wild. I, I really feel the desperation 
it is a re- I mean there is some real desperation now here's the crazy thing speaking of desperation I had said earlier we were talking about uh, Twitter and uh, you know all of this stuff with whether or not Elon Musk is a good guy or a bad guy I mean I think that he has good intentions but I also think that he doesn't know the full scale of the problem because he's he's not I don't when you've never had your account throttled and all of this stuff and you haven't seen, you know, some of the stuff that we've seen and have been subjected to some of the stuff that we've been subjected to. It's kind of I think it's hard for you to to sort of have that experience. So this is why it was it's kind of shocking. I don't know if this is because maybe it's because of new leadership. Maybe it's because he's put a lock on the content moderation. I don't know yet. I'm waiting to see who he is. The White House apparently deleted a tweet. Because Twitter placed a fact check disclaimer on it. Did you see this? Yeah. So it had to do with Social Security. He tweeted, quote, seniors are getting the biggest increase in their Social Security checks in 10 years through President Biden's leadership. And they added, readers added context they thought people might want to know. And it, so it was, so they deleted it. They actually deleted the tweet. And the reason why that they're big is because of inflation. Never run out of coffee by joining the club with Black Rifle Coffee Company. Black Rifle Coffee Company was built upon the mission to serve coffee and culture to people who love America. As a veteran-owned company, Black Rifle Coffee Company delivers on that promise by developing explosive roast profiles with the same mission focus learned as members of the military, and they're committed to supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders. When you join the coffee club, you select your perfect roast, how much coffee you want, and how often you want it delivered, and it's all shipped right to your door for free. Not only do you save a trip to the store, but you also receive special discounted pricing. You gain access to exclusive products and partner brand discounts. Not sure what roast is best for you? Take the Black Rifle Coffee Quiz and get matched to the perfect coffee roast and then join the club. Visit BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana to save 20% off your purchase in your first coffee club order. That's 20% off with promo code Dana at BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana. Fuel your life with America's coffee. Black Rifle Coffee. Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. And make sure you find me on the webernet, StanaLash.com. You can find me at Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, all that stuff. Substack, chapter and verse is the newsletter. Kane and I were just talking about this. I don't, I don't know yet how, if I were, if I were asked, I think it's too early to grade Elon Musk on anything with regards to Twitter. And I don't think it's foolish to be hopeful. But I do think that there is a massive amount of caution that is required. Because I was a little... Uh, totally creeped out yesterday when I saw the conversation and Kane and I were just talking about this that he was having with some folks about what's his face Yoel what's his face that's his name and this is the guy who is he was like the head of what and I can't even remember something at Twitter he was responsible for determining shadow bans and all of that stuff and he was saying that all of these tweets even from 2018 were surfacing from this guy he was calling people nazis conservatives nazis he was saying in 2018 that the white house is full of actual nazis that was a v- direct verbatim quote from him 
And I'm just like, how are you? I mean, he's saying that with all of his Twitter affiliation and his bio. How do you expect people to have any kind of faith in this dude's ability to administer this platform any differently than what he has been doing? Because at one point, Musk tweeted that he trusted something here. He had respect for Yoel's integrity or something like that. And one of my friends who writes over there at the Federalist was just lost. It was like, what? There are so many tweets where it's showing where he doesn't have any. Musk has to clean house. Nothing's going to change until he does. And I just think it's asinine to propose charging the people who use your platform the most, who make it profitable, $8 a month when everybody should be verified because it's 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 to prevent malicious representation everybody should be verified there are ways to partner with people who use twitter a lot and work with them to help make it profitable and to fund out the bot to to fund the bot clearing etc but twitter has not changed enough or done anything to make amends with users to even so much as even look towards charging people there's i mean there's no way He's got a clean house. So it's still too early. But I just don't want the right to be like, oh, my gosh, look, they they fact check two tweets from the White House. They're like, it's great. And then forget everything that needs to be done. They'll do it. Don't let them. We got a second hour on the way. Stick with us. More of the Dana show back after this. Caltech Innovation is back to back. You've heard me talk about Caltech's P50 pistol. Now here comes the new 9mm P15 carry pistol. Quality engineered, the 9mm P15 carry pistol is the lightest, thinnest of its kind in Caltech's first striker fire handgun. And as another first, the P15s feature a totally unique patent pending 15 round extended magazine. Now other features include ambidextrous grip, safety, reversible mag release, and the hybrid fiber optic night sights with full adjustable rear that all comes standard it's from Keltec, inventors of subcompact polymer and now metal handguns the p15's gator grip texture on the polymer version increases stability and makes for easy accurate handling while the all metal version offers comfortable but positive traction and a really beautiful wood grip panel the p15 is the dependable firepower you need to secure your world see the new nine millimeter p15 first up close and personal at keltecweapons.com that's k-e-l-t-e-c weapons.com there are uh, a number of um, forces that are fueling a violent extremism, ideologies of hate, false narratives, anti-government sentiment, personal grievances. The divisiveness in this country is uh, tr- of, of great concern. First, and who do you think fueled that? That's Alejandro Mayorkas who they're just trying to drum up any kind of distraction to get to keep Democrat voters engaged coming up to these midterms because Democrat voters are very, man, it's going to be like somebody let all the air out of their balloon after this election. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you at the top of our second hour. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, I'm going to give you the latest. There's a ton of new polling. Some of this is a lot of it's like last poll before the election on Tuesday. But I'm going to give you some of the latest numbers, including uh, one we're about to get into here in a minute because it's a it's a big one. And it corresponds with this New York Times Siena College poll about independent women, independent voters. But they're I think they're trying to do everything that they can to. There's no enthusiasm on the Democrat side. 
And some people are, I, I've seen some polling arguing that enthusiasm is down with both parties. And I would, I would be more inclined to believe that if, if mail-in ballots and early voting, if there wasn't such, when they've done some of the exit surveys, if it didn't show such a strong Republican showing already. And especially like in Georgia, they're having a record turnout for early voting already. Um, so I don't necessarily buy into that. I think that they're trying to prop up a couple of different, uh, excuses to be honest when the results come in, because they're going to have to, they have to tell their party something. The Democrat party is in the, the, the Democrat party as we know it, this is the last gasp of it. And nobody's talking about this. It is everyone's always focused on any kind of divide on the right. And there's always going to be a divide. And you're always going to have people that argue over different issues and things like that, especially on the right, because, I mean, you had this major big tent that was created just in the past four years. Look, if you make enough people mad about money, about jobs, about crime, about their kids' education, you're going to create a massive common ground. And that's what Democrats contributed to that more than Republicans did. I have to be honest. When Democrats chose to start going after parents, do you realize, for example, three of the groups that I have spoken with, whether they've been on this program or different things that I've done with, the, uh, so we have our nationally syndicated radio program here that airs coast to coast, and then we have the simulcast of that that the first handles. And whether... I've spoken with people that for bits for the first or, or what have you, all of those people, they've not been Republicans. There's out of all of the people who lead these groups, only one of them has been a Republican. They're Democrats. In fact, one of the biggest groups in Virginia, which would blow because I know progressives love, you know, having all of these different identity boxes. She's a Muslim Democrat and they're standing up to this. When you look at what's going on in Dearborn, Michigan, you have Muslim parents and Christian parents in Dearborn, Michigan, who are fighting CRT. That is what Democrats are creating. And they don't realize it. They have done more to create this than anybody else. And so this, these excuses that they're trying to fabricate, like the speech tonight that Biden's giving, He's going to try to, oh, well, you know, division, division. Well, who's played into that division? Who's played into it? I mean, you, we went through a pandemic where half of the country were called murderers. We went through a very, very heated election cycle where people were referred to as Nazis. If, if Democrats didn't want to vote for the old man, Joe Biden, they were already, you have to realize Democrats were already, they already had a fragile, uh, not really unity, but association with all the different factions on their side after Hillary Clinton, because Democrats have never liked Hillary Clinton, ever. I remember being a kid, I was in junior high when Bill Clinton was running. And I will never forget this because my family were all Democrats. And when Hillary Clinton made that remark, and this was the first time I think I actually started paying attention to politics. I was like in eighth grade when she made that remark. Uh, someone asked her about stay at home mom stuff. I don't re I don't remember how the question was asked, but I do know 
and having talked about it several times since this happened, she had said, well, I don't have the time to stay home and have teas and make cookies. And women all across the country from that moment on hated her. That is why it was very odd when the whole thing with Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky happened. There wasn't a lot of... uh, those same women who were championing Bill Clinton, they noticed that they never had a lot of consideration for Hillary. They didn't like her. They never liked her. She is very, she is not an amiable person. She has a very harsh countenance and has apparently always had that. So they, she's never been popular. She's never been a huge fundraiser. She's never been popular. And I think she's, a lot of her attitude is colorized by resentment. I think she has resented being on Bill Clinton's coattails. That's how she got in the Senate, and it's how she got her other positions. And then when she realized it was all, it was all that her everything was all smoke and mirrors when she went up for the first time to run for president and she was rejected. She was rejected by her own damn party. There were accusations pretty believable ones with a lot of really credible evidence that she cheated in Texas's Democrat primary to win and take it away from Bernie Sanders. And it tells you everything. She's not liked. And so they don't, they had a fragile association going into 2016 in the first place. And there were Democrats that had reliably voted for every Democrat candidate. They just couldn't do it for Hillary Clinton. And then they were called racists because they couldn't vote for the old, mean, white woman. And then turn around and it was Joe Biden. They really liked what Trump did, so they stayed with the Republican Party. That is not Republicans' fault for being better. It's Democrats' fault for sucking. And now here we are. What, if, what honestly, what, can anyone name something that Democrats have done that had a great impact on them these past two years? I really, I'm being serious. I challenge you. It is an absolute throwdown. Name something. You can't. And I'm being as as magnanimous as possible here. You cannot. What's crazy is that previously there was at least one thing that Democrats did where Republicans could be like, okay, we agree on this. There's nothing here. Democrats don't even agree on everything. It's nuts. So their party is falling apart. The people who are in charge now, that's why I don't think Biden, Biden doesn't make any of these decisions. The people who are trying to keep the party and they're not doing this because they care that much about the soul of the Democrat Party. They're doing it because they know socialism won't win when it's unmasked and presented as naked socialism. That's the only reason that they're trying to keep up this this veneer of traditional Democrat uh, policies and values because they're not like that. Abortion, if you're pro-life, you cannot be a Democrat. They've made that very clear four years ago. There's no room for moderation. There's no room for nuance. And the left are afraid of their own side. If you get my newsletter, I sent a thing out. I was noticing this yesterday. It was three things that were kind of related. And I saw this piece. It was a tweet from the Washington about Washington Post. Their media critic admitted that they didn't criticize crazy left-wing fads because they were afraid for their jobs. They were afraid of the rage mob. We played the audio yesterday. Barack Obama, the godfather of modern-day wokery, struggled to control a leftist Michigan audience to whom he was speaking. 
And that's when I remarked on it. It's when I said at the time, because they did, they've created a political Frankenstein's monster. This progressive establishment created this very far left group to agitate as a substitute for voter enthusiasm, and they've lost control of it. And now they can't even freely speak. I can't say I pity them. Because, you know, this is the same, these are the same people asking the government or asking private entities to function as agents of state for the government. So this party is collapsing. And you should be concerned. Because I think when the, when the Democrat Party is so far left, it allows the Mitt Romneys and the Susan Collinses and everybody else in the Republican Party to sort of resituate themselves a little bit to the fir- a little bit more left. And present it as being normal Republicanism. Oh, no, we're not as far left as those people. Really? But you're a hell of a lot further than you were. It's mission creep in a way. So I, I'm not, it does, it does concern me. But no one in the media will talk about that. And that's the big thing. They're falling apart. And so now you have... Let's play this. We're just talking about Hillary Clinton. Audio soundbite nine. This is all you're going to hear about tonight from Joe Biden. This uh, midterm election, we've seen a lot of ads by Republicans running for everything, uh, touting crime. Crime is the issue. But when an 82-year-old man is attacked by an intruder in his own home, they don't seem to be too bothered by that because that person is married to the Speaker of the House, who's of a different political party. I just want your viewers, and really I would like every American, just to stop and think about that. This is the kind of You know what we also need to stop and think about? And I had this as part of your email prep in my Substack newsletter, chapter and verse. How is this not, and Washington Post also made mention of this in a separate piece, a different one from what I had shared with you. If, where were the Capitol Police? How do you have someone break into the Speaker of the House's home at two in the morning and it's covered by 24-7 camera surveillance? And apparently the cameras caught them coming in Lorraine shared an ABC piece. Capitol Police had cameras outside their home. So in addition to the private security system that the Pelosi's had, there were an additional, and they have these, any leadership, they had these outside of their homes, whether it's Democrat or Republican. And, it's a, and they, they, have, they partner with a firm that monitors them. Capitol Police run it. They had cameras also outside of Nancy Pelosi's home. And apparently, according to ABC, they were not being monitored. And who was it? Was it San Francisco? Was it their police who said they're not releasing the footage because they were asked? The DA DA said they are not releasing, what is it, the body cam? Or 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 any, the body cam footage or any footage of this. Now, I don't care if it's their private residence. People have a right to know. And why do people have a right to know? Because you just heard Hillary Clinton there. And you're going to hear Joe Biden, the president of the United States, blame half of the country for this. When you make those kind of accusations, you need to prove it. So to the Washington Post piece, once again, what where where were the Capitol Police? They have cameras there to monitor 
Capitol Police installed them, WAPO says, they were almost nine years ago. In addition, she's got round-the-clock security detail. There's also a San Francisco police cruiser outside of her home day and night. And officers apparently in Washington, when she left last week and returned to D.C., Washington Post says that officers in Washington stopped continuously monitoring video feeds outside of her house. So the only time that someone at Capitol Police monitoring this when they noticed that there was something going wrong was when they saw police lights on the cameras. Now, this is going to be used as a springboard to go after Republican voters. That's what this is for. That's what the speech tonight's for. They've made a bigger deal over this, and I'm not saying that, I'm not downplaying it at all. But we did not see this level of protection or concern when Steve Scalise was attacked in 2017. I mean, and to install these cameras eight years ago, that's well before Trump. This is crazy. So we need facts and we need answers and they need to stop hiding it, especially with tonight's address. If you want to know what the left's real plan is for your kids, just look at the reaction to the work Patriot Mobile did in multiple school districts in Texas. The left is losing their minds. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider and a force for conservative values. This is because they take a portion of your bill and fund conservative causes and candidates who believe in the sanctity of life, freedom of speech, the Second Amendment, and they're winning. Patriot Mobile has affordable plans for you, your family, even your business. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers because they use multiple major networks. Plus, you're supporting conservative values with every call. Visit patriotmobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation using offer code Dana. Special discounts are also available for veterans and first responders. Join our movement, make the switch today and a difference tomorrow. Patriotmobile.com slash Dana. That's patriotmobile.com slash Dana, 972-PATRIOT. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. All right, so the FCC commissioner had asked the federal government to ban TikTok, warning that user data actually goes right back to the commies. Now, some people might think, oh, well, that's not very important because they're not going to do it. Yeah, but they're going to track your behavior. It's all about psychological warfare for these people, so keep that in mind. The ET prop is for sale. I think it's creepy, but it is for sale. They're going to be auctioning it off for $3 million. That sounds terrifying, $3 million. MetaShares tumbled to the lowest level since 2016. They're burning through billions. And James Corden stole a joke from Ricky Gervais and had to apologize for it last night because he sucks out loud. Stay with us. This week on the Federalist Radio Hour. The Arizona race is such an, an interesting one because Blake Masters, from at least my perspective, is a very good candidate and a good sort of glimpse at what the future of the Republican Party could and should be. But it's telling also when that money sort of came out, whether that was personal, whether it was just we need to spend this money elsewhere, or it was we don't like the new guard. I'm Emily Jashinsky of The Federalist. Subscribe to The Federalist on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts.
Dana gives you the meat and potatoes news of the day. None of that tofu news. More like bacon with a side of hash browns news. The news you want, the way you want it. The Dana Show. No, I, I just do. I, I think the, uh, that simply is also, Leah, this talk about the trillions in, in massive tax uh, tax uh, cuts to the corporate uh, tax uh, structure is well true. You know, trillions of dollars that have added to the deficit, and and now they still want to support those as well true. I think in terms of being very serious about uh, addressing inflation is is making sure that those rates are brought back into a line with what they, they should have been uh, where they're able to uh, fight uh, the, 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 the deficit. Hell? Guys, what in the world? What in the world? I can't even. Welcome back to the program. That's uh, Fetter Woman. <sighs> I'm telling you what, man. That's, I, 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 I have no words. I have no words. Your lovable curmudgeon here, bottom of our second hour. And I wanted to look at some of the latest. Speaking of Fetterman, his, his, his average, his lead is diminishing still. He's barely, according to the average barely a point ahead now this was what was he back in what beginning of september he was still at least three points up three to four points up wasn't he i don't know i still haven't changed my senate map in my head so my senate map i have georgia going gop because i just don't know if they're going to get past that threshold to avoid a runoff i don't know but i I have I have Georgia GOP. I don't know about I have Nevada GOP. I don't know about Pennsylvania, but I have 52 in my mind. I have Republicans walking away with 52. 538 can go and and kiss my backside. They say it's 51. Shut up. I got 52. So and I think that Utah's safe. You don't have Evan McMuffin out there. Ethan McMuffin. That's what I'm calling him. It's his name now. He's Caillou. You don't have the you, you don't have the Utah Caillou. Who is, why, sidebar, 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 sidebar. Guys, can you just bear with me for a minute? Let's just, uh, can we dive into some management? Someone call Mike Lee's people. Tell them to do Utah Caillou for Ethan McMuffin. I think it's very, I would have that merch out like that, like that. All right, okay, we're back. Hope you guys didn't hear any of that private conversation. Wink, wink. So let me get you set up with some of the latest. I got some good news. I got some good news. So can we play for the love? Where's a what's her face? I have a funny story about this too. Debbie Wasserman Schultz, audio sound by two. This is, I think, a really honest capture of Democrat enthusiasm or rather lack thereof. You want to improve people's lives? I bet some people in here want to improve people's lives. Are you with me? Okay. Come on, people, let's wake up. We got the President of the United States in the house. Come on now. I know you got a little more energy than than, than I hear. Okay, thank you very much. That's the crowd I know. That was some Team America Matt Damon energy. Matt Damon. (laughs) Do you want to improve people's lives? (laughs) They had as much energy as a bunch of Bella Lugosi's from The Mummy. Oh, man. So... That's kind of you want to hear my fun story or before or after? Yes. No, fun story now. Now you want fun? Okay, so fun story. Debbie Wasserman Schultz, and I'm going to get back to all the midterm stuff. Just sidebar real quick. I've known her for years. We're not best friends. 
and I've known her meaning that I know who she is and she knows who I am and we've run into each other in green rooms before. So I have two really quick things. Uh, one time I saw her, I had my youngest son with me. This is when we lived in St. Louis and I was in the green room. They always use the NPR, the, the PBS station for all the Fox and CNN hits. And so I was there in the green room. I was going on Fox and she was going on CNN. We were all there at the same time. And my youngest son, he was looking at my phone and playing like something on my phone as I was sitting in makeup. And uh, when I came out, she was going into makeup. My hit was before hers. And she came over and introduced herself, was talking to my son. And my son, because they're Mike, they just hear these names. So they kind of know they don't pay attention. I don't sit them in front of the television and like feed them, you know, Fox News propaganda. I don't do like not like their propaganda, but you know what I mean? I don't that's not what I do. But he kind of was aware who she was and she was very nice to him. She handed him her phone and she was like, do you like Angry Birds? I have Angry Birds. Would you like to play some Angry Birds? Because I didn't have that on my phone. He had her phone and was playing Angry Birds. Guys, the stuff that was going through my mind at this time. I was like, part of me wanted to tell my kid, run, run like hell. Take your phone and run like hell. Because who knew what was on that phone, right? I mean, all kinds of stuff came out afterwards. You know, like all the stuff that she, the, the, cat, the hacking of the computers and the servers with the Iranian guys and all this stuff. I mean, oh my gosh, Luke Rosiak broke that story. My kid had her phone, her phone, her phone, her phone, and was playing Angry Birds on it. Now, later I told him, I may have had this conversation. I may have said, the next time someone like that gives you their phone, when they can't see what you're doing on their screen, totally look at their email and forward everything to me (laughs) but she did so I don't know I just thought that was fascinating and she was very nice but I'm like oh my gosh I obviously didn't do anything with it but you know still Uh, then the one of the other times I saw her was at the RNC I want to say it was 2012 RNC and we had been at Burns Steakhouse in Tampa which if you're ever in Tampa Florida treat yourself it's like a once in a lifetime thing. You got to go to Burns. I think they have like their own. It is one of the craziest places I've ever been to in their in my life. Their servers are better than you. I, I mean, I don't know how else to tell. It's like the place where you go in. They're very nice. It's it's all like a castle on the inside, but you wouldn't know it. And they the way they handle their. If you are a meat connoisseur, that's the place for you. Anyway, so we were there at the RNC. It was after a long day. I think I'd filed like 11 million stories that day. And I worked with, C- I was a, the token conservative with CNN at the time. And I, we were walking out, uh, me with some of my friends, we were walking out of dinner and there was Debbie Wasserman Schultz, God bless her little heart, three sheets to the wind, standing out there waiting for the car, three sheets to the wind. Now, one of my other friends, I was not because when I work, I don't drink. I don't even have wine at dinner because I like to, I never know what's going to happen. And I always like to be in massive control of everything. So one of my other friends, though, was not like that. He was a video tracker for an operative and he was three sheets and he just did what reflex does. You know, he was immediately pulling out his camera (laughs) like this is not the time. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, you're drunk. She's drunk. This is crazy. And, you know, you're trying to keep a fight from breaking out a burned steakhouse right there while everybody's waiting to go to their cars. It was just wild. But she was nice, although a little unsteady. I'm not going to judge her for having a few. I'm not going to. But it was it was really weird. This is a weird industry because you go for each other's throats and then you have to act like civil human beings when you're not on camera. It's wild. But it was one of the weirdest that was the only other, t- the only time I ever found myself playing peacemaker, because I mean, my friend was like, well, he couldn't even say her name. 
the Zibards are insults. It's totally over. It was, I tell you something. Okay, back to midterm stuff. Kane wanted to know, so I told him. There's a, I have a million fun stories like this. It's pretty, it's pretty wild. All right, so looking at some of the stuff that we have here, uh, this, there's a, let me pull this poll up because there's one poll in particular, and it's kind of one of the only ones that I care about right now. It is a new poll from the Wall Street Journal, and it is devastating. Now, I told you last week there was the New York Times Siena poll that had a pretty double-digit swing for female independent voters from Democrat to Republican. Well, now there's one from the Wall Street Journal, and I've had time to look at this one. It came out uh, yesterday, but I hadn't had time to look at it, so I didn't want to like run. I didn't want to repeat other analysis. I wanted to actually read it and be able to share what I've learned about it with you. So, the the big focus w- for women is economy. Now, that doesn't the re- it, that doesn't shock you if you're listening to this program because you know that. I mean, obviously, that's the the important issue is the economy. But if you listen to the way Democrats are doing outreach to women voters, you would not know that, would you? What are they telling women voters? It's all about abortion and everything else and entitlements. It's not about this. So what they basically are confirming what that separate poll was. There is a major shift, not just with Latino voters, but women. And here's the kicker. White suburban women. So for one second, let's talk about that soccer mom demographic. This has been. Uh, there's this has just kind of been a name for this particular group of women going back to Clinton. So during Bill Clinton, it was the soccer moms. Under Bush, it was the security moms. And now Republicans, uh, since George W. Bush, they, they kind of lost that demo or they were not competitive in that demo until after 2016. It was those midterms, even though Republicans suffered losses, there was an increase in in support from that demo because economy but nobody seemed to pay attention to this and so now this group makes up 20 percent of the electorate electorate wall street journal says that it is a 26 percent uh it's they shifted 26 percentage points away from democrats since august it is now a plus 15 with that demo for gop that was like what a point difference from the new york times siena poll two different surveys of this exact same demo taken within two weeks of each other. That's pretty major. So that is incredibly concerning because that is one of, it's considered one of the most influential demographics. Not that men aren't influential, but you're talking about moms. They got kids. They got issues. Moms TCB, right? Like if something happens at the kid's school, by and large, mom's telling dad, dad, this is what happened. This is how it always works. It's how it works in my household. Something happens. I find out, well, we got to tell dad. I mean, that's kind of how it works, right? I mean, the moms handle the business like that in the home. This is, they are kind of the rudder for how the family operates. They're very influential. They're influential with purchasing power. They're influential with culture. They're influential with schools. That's why so many of these are led by women. These, these parent groups. So this is huge. This could be something that it takes Democrats a generation to recover from. 
They're losing black voters. They're losing Hispanic voters. They're losing women, white suburban women. I really hate even saying that demo, white suburban women. It's kind of BS, isn't it? I didn't make it up. The media made it up. That's what the media was. That's what they were calling the soccer moms back in the 90s. I always thought that was kind of weird. But they're 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 fickle, but they're not. So this is a very, very interesting, very interesting survey. And 48 percent of voters thought they they believe congressional Republicans were able to get inflation under control. A significant portion of those surveyed who said that were these women. It's about the economy and no matter what they say, no matter what they say. So that is major. Now, a couple of other things really quickly. In Colorado, Washington Examiner, uh, the poll here, this survey here that we're looking at uh, shows that uh, the Democrat Bennett is maintaining his lead is a bad news over the Republican challenger. Uh, it looks it's 49 to 42, 5% undecided. And I think the margin of error for this Emerson College poll is like 3.2. Uh, so there, the bright side in that or the, the silver lining in that is that that sort of spread would have been a little bit wider, I think, and it has been a little bit uh, bigger in previous elections. Because remember, they went through a two election cycle where they completely changed the uh, political DNA of their state legislature from Republican to Democrat. And I think there is there's it's something's working there where they're starting to lose some ground. So that's something you got to chip away at bit by bit. But then you, that the Wall Street Journal poll significant. We have a lot more on the way, including Supreme Court business. I've got some more uh, on wokery, uh, more economy and uh, discussing as we get details, the president's fear mongering address tonight. So lots of stuff to hit. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. So uh, first up here, I have a couple of different crazy stories. A Florida man destroyed a car in a Disney World parking lot and then left $100 in a note that said, sorry. It was... Yeah, Walt Disney World, it happened uh, yesterday, apparently. Uh, it ended up making, it was on Reddit originally, but they said that uh, it just, I mean, just tore off, like hit, just destroyed the front end of this guy's car. Left a note at Epcot. They went to go watch the Hanson show. This guy was, they said they were got out of Hanson to, at Eat to the Beat and found this in the parking lot with a note saying sorry and $100, but no information to help file a claim. $100. I don't think, I mean, the bumper's torn off. I don't really think, how does that even happen where that, I mean, that looks bad. Looks bad. Uh, also, this is from Channel 12 News. Girlfriend attempts to smuggle drugs to her boyfriend in jail. I don't know why she thought that that was a smart thing to do. Indian River County Sheriff's Office said they were alerted about an inmate attempting to smuggle narcotics into their jail facility. 26-year-old inmate Alexander McKay and his girlfriend, Christine Ammon, we're, we're planning on bringing drug-infused paper at disguised as mail. What is that? They said they sent it to a local crime lab for testing, and it tested positive for MDMA, ecstasy. And they said they got po- they cut fingerprints, so they were able to, that's how they got them. But does that, I've not, what? That's, it seems creative and stupid at the same time. Oh, man. And uh, one Florida man. This is a funny story from NFW 
NWF Daily News. Uh, Chamucula area man went wild, hog wild. Uh, he said a massive home building company, D.H. or D.R. Horton, built driveways for new homes through a right of way that he owns without his permission. In all, the Florida man, Bill Lewis, owned seven acres of right of way along one highway, along one road. And he said the company built through his property, didn't it? Which you have to ask them permission to do that. So he built a pig pen on the driveway of one of the houses. And because they would not, the building company would not go to the negotiation table. They just thought they were too big, I guess, to talk to him. So he built a damn pig pen right in the middle of one of the driveways to force them to go to the, the negotiating table. Now they're now it looks like they're responsive. That's actually kind of that's actually kind of smart. Stick with us. We got third hour on the way. More of the Dana Show after this. First, tell us where the president is headed in the final six days and what the message will be. Sure. Thanks for having me. So president's going to be out in New Mexico this week. He'll be out in California, Illinois, and then in Maryland. Hmm. Oh, is he now? Well, he's only going to the states that he was actually successful in. And then, well, you heard some of the audio, right? Have we played? You've heard some of the audio. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Top of our third hour. I just don't know if that's going to help. People are avoiding him as much as possible. It's uh, not very good. Not very good for Democrats, as I was sharing with you a little bit earlier with some of these surveys, which is one of the reasons why they've been desperate to, to control any kind of conversation at all whatsoever as it relates to tech and using tech as a government agent. Even top Democrats have been questioning their own party's strategy. New York Times had a piece this morning saying that leading lawmakers and strategists are openly doubting their kitchen sink approach, saying Democrats have failed to unite around a central message. True. They don't have any message. None. They're, I mean, they are a contradiction. Case in point. Daily Caller had a piece about Gavin Newsom. After mandating electric vehicles, remember, he wants to have everybody in California in an electric vehicle. He is now campaigning against the law that would raise taxes on his donors to fund electric vehicles. Proposition 30, a ballot measure that would raise taxes to help low-income people buy electric cars that their state is mandating. And... Now he's gotten millions of dollars from billionaires who have spent money to oppose that law because they want to ban all gas-powered cars by 2035. And that's the Prop 30, the green, the green agenda thing. Uh, okay. They're wild. Just, they're all over the place. You know, he's, they're, they're, they're preparing him to be a potential 2024 contender. So I told you earlier they were trying to go out and push on Social Security Literally, no one's cutting Social Security. No one's doing anything. I, I think it should be privatized. I wish that Republicans would get a little bit of a, uh, maybe they will after we get through this tricky, navigate through this tricky midterm series, but they need to have, be able to articulate what they would do for, pri- for all the people who paid in, who should get their money back. You know, it, you were able to send everybody's taxpayer dollars as a bribe for the Paycheck Protection Program, you took all this money from us. We didn't get a return on our investment. Only some people were able to get money. Some of them paid in way. Some were able to get money back. But you can't return people's Social Security that they paid to them, paid in back. 
Biden had a tweet out earlier today saying congressional Republicans want to add $3 trillion to the deficit by cutting taxes for the wealthy and large corporations. I'm so tired of this. My administration, blah, blah, blah. He didn't have a drop in the deficit. We have record revenue coming in, according to the Congressional Budgetary Office. The problem is needless government spending. That is the issue. That is the issue, first and foremost. Now, I want to get into some wokery. I saw this piece last night, and I think that this is just a step, a, a, a launch pad for more. Uh, let me pull this up because this um, ongoing, let me pull this up. I saw this piece in Variety. Daniel Radcliffe says speaking out against J.K. Rowling was important and that not everybody in the franchise shares her beliefs. And nobody knows who Daniel Radcliffe is without her. Daniel Radcliffe has no career without her. And my favorite hot take to this was that, oh, well, I guess you don't think that people can have like their differences of opinion. They can't have like he's supposed to he's supposed to just like think exactly everything that she thinks. No, that's totally not what was said. So for the people who are brain dead who made that reply, those are the those people are the only people to whom it has to be explained that association doesn't equal agreement. The rest of us here in the rest of the world, we all have more than one brain cell. So we understand this. What this is, is performative virtue signaling, and it looks stupid. This is why we think it looks stupid. Because we understand that association doesn't equal agreement. The problem is is that the only people who care what these actors or anybody thought were the rage mob. Because they wanted absolute, total uniformity in agreement as subjugation, nothing more. Now, the rest of us assumed from the beginning that everybody had separate and distinct brains and that those separate and distinct brains included separate and distinct thoughts. But see, the rage mob wanted to punish J.K. Rowling because she recognized that women are women and men are men. So they wanted to punish her with a pylon and pylons require numbers. And the weightiest of those who could participate in a pylon are those whose careers were built on the characters that she created in her imagination, right? It's like the total, it's a total own, right? But it's all theater and these, these people's performances are dull. I'm so tired of this stuff. That's all it is. It's, it's performative virtue signaling. I don't even know what else he's been in. Do you know what else he's been in? I don't know what else he's been in. But there are a lot of stupid people out there. Not everybody has to agree. No one was asking that. But you simpletons, the ones who are making that argument, those are the only people stupid enough to believe that association is the same thing as agreement. Not every, it's like you make everyone pay this indulgence for participating in society. Oh, well, you better 
have you better have a response to this. Where do you stand? That's all it is. They want to know where do you stand on this issue? They need to have complete and total uniformity. This is another reason why Democrat, the Democrat Party is breaking down because that is annoying as hell. To demand to have a party that that it's the it's I mean, they're they're they honestly they need to switch out. And I can't even believe this. Whoever thought that the jackass wouldn't actually be honest enough of a representation of this party. They need a Karen to be the representation of that party because that's what it is. People who freak out if they don't have total subjugation. And that's what this is. It's subjugation. It's it is the performative art of bending the knee. That's and that's why another reason why people are leaving. I read uh, an interview with Tim Robbins of all people. Remember him and Susan Sarandon? They're not together anymore, I don't think, but he was always a big lefty D-bag, wasn't he? Yeah. But then some of the you know 2016 happened, then the lockdowns and pandemic happened. And he started realizing, wait a minute, this isn't about keeping people safe. This is about uniformity. And he started asking the right questions. I think he kind of, he's not a conservative. I don't, I don't like it when our side rushes to, oh my gosh, they agree with me on something. Or they sound sensible. Must be because they're conservatives. Not everything has to be cut and dry. Let's not make the same mistakes that Democrats are making. But he began questioning this. Like, why do you insist... And he would, he would question certain things. He began questioning, for instance, the injections. He began questioning the mandates. And then the left started turning on him. I mean, he used to be the leader of you know, Hollywood progressivism. And then they started turning their back on him. Because he dared to disagree on a few things. That's where they're really messing up. When you actually can start turning away Tim Robbins. Man, it's something. Absolutely something. So as uh, we were saying earlier, the president of the United States is set to speak tonight from the backdrop of Union Station in Washington, D.C., which is going to be pretty amazing uh, because it is a large homeless encampment. And... It's, I don't know, I just, I don't know, because we've got new numbers from the Fed coming out. They have a statement out now. The rates, they're raising rates by three quarters of a point to roughly 4%. You know, because they're trying to stop, trying to control what's been caused by tax and spend from this administration. And so they've raised, what, by 75 basis points for the fourth straight meeting and they're trying to deal with inflation. <sighs> We're going to talk to Carol Roth about all of this tomorrow because who boy. And it's going to get this is going to get crazier because energy prices, remember, we haven't even started with gas and oil. That's all that crunch is it going to be kicking into December. Remember that's when that's what Biden was trying to avoid by going hat in hand to OPEC and begging them. Didn't really, wasn't really helpful, right? Didn't really work out so much. Man alive. No, he's giving a speech tonight. He's not giving a speech tonight because Paul Pelosi got into an underwear hammer wrestling match. He's trying to do everything that he can. This is his last ditch attempt to save the Senate. Ahead of these horrible numbers 
the incoming energy crisis, all of it. He's trying to save the Senate. Man, it's a bad time for their party. It's a very bad time. And then they're getting fact checked on Twitter, fact checked on Twitter, which I'm not. I'm waiting to see who Elon Musk really is. By the way, this is all handled. The eight dollars a month thing is not a good. No. But they apparently added uh, fact checks to two tweets from Biden in the White House within the last 24 hours. The Social Security thing, and then the other tweet that he had, where it said, "Under my watch, the economy has added nearly 700,000 manufacturing jobs." Not really. And they actually had BLS context. It was people who were returning to work. He didn't add any job. It was after the lockdowns lifted. Jobs that existed already before he was in office, people returned to them because his party forced everyone to stay out of those jobs. So can you imagine if you had that kind of like fairness and fact checking throughout this whole thing? Can you imagine? There's, they wouldn't, and that's why, that's why they want to control this narrative. That's why they want to control Twitter. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Mm-hmm. All right, so first up, a Missouri man was forced to pay a $400 fine for having too many sunflowers in his yard because it violated the city's turf to flower ratio. Kane, this is in St. Peter's. Do they have dumb things like that in St. Peter's? He appeared in... HOA? uh, He appeared in court. I mean, he's like going to court for this. Uh, On October 11th, this was a year after he first, I guess, appeared for violating the city's turf to flower ratio in 21. He's appealing the judge's decision. Uh, He has 62 different types of flowers. So... He also violated another St. Peter's, City of St. Peter's law. So it doesn't sound like it's HOA by having a fence in his front yard. And he, oh my gosh, this is so goofy. Well, I don't like HOAs and I think this is particularly dumb. You have someone citing somebody for having sunflowers in their front yard. I don't know. Does it care? Does it, does, stop it. Just stop it. Golly. Uh, and then, <laughs> oh, this is bad. This is Local 10 News. The story, inspector sees a rodent walking on the grill during an inspection at a Denny's. And there were a ro- there were roaches too. This happened to be ugh, ugh, Florida Department of Business and Professional Regulation in South Florida. They said it was a Denny's that, what's up Denny's? Rodent activity present by evidence of rodent droppings found they observed approximately 50 oh my i can't even read it i'm not can i not talk about this story because i'm gonna be sick all over this microphone can i not this is that's but he was there this health inspector was there and he sees a rat walk across the grill at the denny's how bad is that i'm you know can we need john taffer in there is what we need john taffer to go up in there and be like we need to change this concept (laughs) we need that oh my gosh also a couple of other things here Make sure that we hit. Uh, This is, we're going to get into this a little bit later. It comes, this, I've seen this a lot. This story, uh, Justice Department raises concern about armed people at Arizona ballot boxes. Now, you can be lawfully armed and you can be away from a ballot box and you can monitor polling places. There's nothing, I mean, there are, and then people can be and volunteer and monitor polling places. You can't bring your, you can't bring uh, arms in to to polling places to vote. 
But what gets me is that all of the people who are freaking out about this, this is an Associated Press story, there's not a single one of these individuals that were freaking out over the new Black Panther Party, wielding batons and bats and stuff, intimidating people at voting at uh, ballot boxes and pulling or pulling spaces back during what was it, the 08 election, I believe, may have been something like I think it was 2008. So there you have it. Uh, we also said that the uh, Federal Reserve had already issued their statement too. We're going to talk more about this tomorrow, uh, but they they've uh, have issued their statement on their numbers. They are increasing. This is just an, this is uh, they've raised the rates again, set raised rates by 75 basis points for fourth straight meeting. So now four 75 basis point rate hikes in a row. That's unprecedented since they specifically started doing this, targeting the federal funds rate to kind of conduct monetary policy. So we have a lot more on the way. Stick with us. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. And you hear a lot in America, people worried about our democracy, worried about threats to our democracy. I happen to think the biggest threat to American democracy today is big technology companies in bed with the communist Chinese who are censoring information about American politics. And this is... This is really, really important because, look, Facebook, Twitter, you know, all these companies are now the digital public square. If those companies, which some of them have financial stakes in communist China, if those companies are censoring information in a way that helps one political party or hurts another political party, I don't don't care if it's my political party being helped or hurt. I don't want these companies interfering in our elections. And I think that happened in 2020. Yeah, well, that's true. That's J.D. Vance who is speaking. They had the... uh in Ohio there. They had another, it was like a town hall kind of debate that he had. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. It's not going to be, it's not going to be a town hall kind of debate tonight when the president speaks. What time is it? Six central, I think is when he speaks. Seven Eastern. Man. Uh, and he's, this is like a, his attempt to save the, the, the Senate here. And they've been, I'm going to play this. I'm going to, because this kind of dovetails in with this, if you could play that. Karine Jean-Pierre was asked today about the Biden administration's work with the social media companies to censor information that they dislike as misinformation. And this comes out after there was this, this big piece from The Intercept showing this. Listen to when she was asked. Listen to what she says. There was uh, reporting in The Intercept okay. about opportunities for the federal government to identify uh, for social media companies different posts that contained uh, what was perceived as misinformation about the origins of COVID, the vaccine, uh, other things as well, you know, such as Ukraine or the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. Yeah, so um, look, I'll say this, um, the the administration the Biden administration remains fully uh, committed to our mission to protect the sec- the security and resilience of our um, of of our you know elections and safeguard election infrastructure. That includes combat combating disinformation. That is something that uh, we are committed to. 
Um, you know, we work to protect that, uh, uh, protect Americans from disinformation that threatens the homeland, including malicious efforts spread by foreign ad advers um, adversaries. Um, uh, adversaries, really? sorry, pardon me, began before the Disinformation Governance Board was established. In fact, some of that work uh, began this before this uh, administration. So, uh, you know, I want I want to be very clear that cross-agency work continues so here, to this day. this is Mott Bailey. This is the, this is what happens when you have someone who, they're trying to conflate two positions. This is what exactly what she's doing here. So the story that is being cited in The Intercept was the story about Department of Homeland Security working with Facebook and Twitter, etc., to get them to control speech on everything from the exit in Afghanistan to masks to people's opinions on injections. This didn't have anything to do with the with the national security that she's talking about. So she's saying she's trying to conflate the positions and say, no, 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 what we're, you know, this is, um, it's about, you know, foreign actors, foreign entities, you know, using social media as a way to uh, engage in psyops, et cetera, et cetera. So she's conflating two positions and she's trying to defend the easier one while not addressing the more controversial, the controversial position, which is what they were doing. She's doing, this is, this is classic Ma Bailey. This is exactly what she's doing. This is not this. It's not the same thing. That's not what the intercept was talking about. And furthermore, that is not what the whole. That's not what the article was about. That's not what the article was about. And that's not the, what they were doing. That's what wasn't what the Facebook portal was about. If you shared something that uh, DHS didn't like about injections or about masks or anything of that nature, that was suppressed or eliminated outright. I'm not, we're not doing this. Not doing this. And when they sit here and get into election denying, as other people have noted, and by the way, this is, I wanted to play this too. This is all just coming in from their presser today, or from the press avail today. Peter Ducey, this is some Ducey time. He asks a very interesting question as to what would happen if they did lose midterms. Listen to this. That is a problem. The president has always, always condemned uh, political violence. It doesn't matter, again, if you're a Republican, an independent, or a Democrat. So President Biden thinks democracy can survive even if Democrats are not in charge of Congress. The president is optimistic. He is an optimistic. You know this, Peter. He's an optimistic person. And he understands there is majority of the Americans out there who do not believe in election and in, in denying an election. Who believe in actually protecting our democracy? Uh, there are a majority of does Americans this, who believe. In does this apply to her? Because there are t her tweets that have that have uh, absolutely surfaced, where she said that Trump didn't win. But what about Joe Biden, who also said, "No, no, no, Trump didn't win." But then he also, 2013, June 12th, Yahoo News, when he was vice president, he was in Massachusetts campaigning for Ed Markey. And he made comments on a Tuesday night, and he was saying that Al Gore won the election. That's exactly what he said. He said Al Gore was elected president. But for the good of the nation, he said he did the right thing for the nation. <laughs> wow. So wait, 
is denying an election. And granted, there were some people on the right who did not, who denied an election. What's weird is that Trump said he lost. I don't know why they keep acting like he never said this. He's publicly said this. But Democrats have for they for such a long time they've questioned. Not just questioned, they've outright denied whether it's Stacey Abrams in Georgia, whether it was Hillary Clinton or Corey Jean-Pierre or Joe Biden for 2020 or for 2016. Whether it was for Bush back in 2000. So Democrats ever since two, ever since 2000, Democrats believe every election they don't win is it means that it was stolen from them. That's that's what that's how they've that's how they've operated. That's how they've handled all of this. And now he's going to be giving an address tonight where he's going to use Paul Pelosi as the as the launch pad to make an attack on half of the country and try to distract everybody from how expensive everything is, the cost of gas, everything else. And he's going to try to act like, oh, well, it's, you know, great threat to democracy are all the people who disagree with you. Ultimately, that's what he's saying. Meanwhile, Washington Post asks, where the hell were the Capitol Police? They have they had cameras outside. and They weren't monitoring the cameras. That's kind of weird, right? They're going to go after WAPO. See, that gets into that point just to hit just to reference it one more time. The uh, media critic in uh, WAPO's media critic had said, Yesterday, uh, and I had included this in a piece that I sent out yesterday for subscribers, that they were afraid to criticize some of the crazy ideas on the left because they didn't want to lose their jobs. They're too terrified to even, they're too terrified to write bias pieces or unbiased pieces. You saw what happened to Dasha Burns, right? Dasha Burns did an interview with John Fetterman and she asked him basic questions. This wasn't a hard interview. This was not an investigative interview. It was a regular interview where basic questions were asked. I mean, where do you stand on this? What is your opinion of this policy? She didn't, you know, she didn't do gotcha or anything. She asked basic, honestly, you could say they were softball. But he, even before he had a stroke, Fetterman is completely not up to the task of answering these questions. He's a man who's never hasn't worked a day in his life. He's got a set. He got a, a, an allowance from his parents so he didn't have to work until he was in his 50s. He didn't even buy his bougie penthouse that he lives in. Oh, he gave his sister a dollar for it so he could say that with well, for a dollar. Shut up. And he wants to act like he's the everyman. All these stories are coming out about how badly he left Braddock after he was mayor. The city council, which are Democrats, even turned against him because he was so bad. He abused the police department when he was mayor. He didn't even show up to the city council meetings over half of the time. I mean, oh my gosh. She just asked him. She didn't even get into the hard stuff. And then you had his wife out there. What's her face? Giselle pulls our racist Fetterman or swimming as racist Fetterman who wanted Dasha Burns's head. She wanted her fired and punished somehow, which is insane. Ultimate Karen there, Giselle. That's what you are. Good grief. Can I speak to the manager? Swimming's racist. So this, this is, when you, if you even so much as ask a balanced question, you're attacked. That's 
That's it. Now listen to this. The Post politics from the Washington Post. This is what they're saying. They're they're trying to get ahead of this because everyone's like, okay, if you're going to use the Paul Pelosi thing as the launch pad to impugn the character of half the nation, then maybe, mm, I don't know, maybe you should release more information. And here comes the Washington Post, Post Politics, quote, release the video is mostly a way to extend the conspiracy theory. Oh, my gosh. What? Facts is conspiracy. Huh? That's that's literally the article. Uh, came because I know you're not going to believe me. I just put it in Slack for you. Yeah, yeah it is. Uh, release the video is mostly a way to extend the conspiracy theory. Not releasing the video is a way to extend the conspiracy theory. Releasing the video would put that all to bed. Would put conspiracy theories all to bed if they truly are telling us the truth about this. Releasing the actual video footage would quell yeah. all of that. That's your, I mean, wait, it's, whose fault is it? It's MAGA. It's MAGA MAGA extreme. Can, can we please have the proof of that? No, that's a conspiracy theory. Wait a minute, what? It's all your fault. Wait, can we, can you prove that it's all our fault? No. Can we have some evidence? That's a conspiracy. Really? That's. You're blaming half the country. Prove it. First off, we know. First off, I'm being totally rhetorical. The dude had a BLM flag when he lived with his, what What was it? Was it ABC or Politico who said uh, pedophile lover? I don't know. Ooh, ooh, there's like all kinds of nasty. So, I, I mean, I don't, oh man. So, you have to accept so as one listener said, you have to accept the fact that it was totally a MAGA ninja that did this. And if you don't, and, and, and if you don't and you question it, you are a conspiracy theorist. Wow. Okay. So they won't release the camera. They won't release the cam footage. They won't release anything else. You're supposed to believe it, though. Or the 911 call. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope, not going to happen. Man, this is going to be a very interesting speech tonight. I know we got to get moving. Let's let's do that. Oh, man. Now I'm mad. I was like in a pretty good mood. Now I'm not. Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern time. I'm just trying to wrap my mind around how asking for any kind of fact on any kind of story is conspiracy theorist. As per the Washington Post. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. And I, I mean, I am going to eat someone's soul for even like, like this one guy. What, do you really believe this theory? What theory, Blackhead? What theory are you talking about? I'm asking a question. What theory? <laughs> Golly. You know why? That's it just of all the things. Going to sit here and legalize needles and everything else, but not just simple assault for some people. Just sad. It's so dumb. This is all. If you're going to use this incident as the launch pad to blame half of the country for violence, then you need to provide evidence. Absolutely. 
that's what problem do you have with that? Or anybody. It's, we've seen it time and time again where even police departments will end up releasing footage ahead of time because the narrative is getting so false and out of control. They have to release the body cam evidence or the video evidence they have that proves that the narrative is false. And that's all they have to do in this case. Instead, they're refusing to do it. No, they are absolutely refusing to do it. I mean, I think that if, I mean, we're, like a listener said, if this is a mega, mega ninja, man, what a, sidebar, what a Halloween costume. What would that look like? I'm very interested. Besides the hammer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really not sure. Man, you know, that would have been, is it too soon? I don't know. But it's, it's, I I can't even imagine what this, uh, apparently, so ABC is saying that it's going to be all about protecting our democracy. That's what his speech is going to be about. Protecting our democracy. Six days away from midterm elections. He's, this is a campaign speech for him. It, it, that's that's what it is. Now, Anita Dunn, fun fact about Anita Dunn, she's with a major uh, PR firm in Washington. She was the one who also worked the Sandra Fluke thing. Remember her? Oh, man. So she's been advising him, and she was the one who apparently selected the, the uh, Union Station in, in D.C. as the appropriate place because of the ongoing threat of violence. She said the Capitol's a, to do it in the Capitol, and then apparently at, like, Union Station. I don't know. This is just all... I'm just here for the, I'm just, you know, it's not my circus, not my monkeys. I'm just here to watch. That's all I got to say. All right, we've got uh, today's stupidity, Kane. Well, I want to thank Lorraine and um, the YouTube moderator. Mm-hmm. She's the one that brought this to my attention. Biden obviously has a lot of audio pieces we could use for today's stupidity, but uh, this certainly qualifies. Listen to this. Well, if anybody think if we're doing it for the first time now in the 20th, 21st century, what? going into the 20th what? From the 20th century going into the second quarter of the 21st what? century, huh? that we'd say 12 years is enough? What? I think 12 years is enough in the, going into 20, 30, 40, 50? Um, I, I don't know what he's... I don't know either. What in the world is that? I guess you can't get your policies attacked if nobody yeah. can actually understand what you're saying. But hey, you know what? You've had inflation higher than it's been in 40 years. So you're getting the biggest Social Security increase because inflation's so big. Like eggs are fancier now because the 38 cents more, 38 cents more, 30 times, 38 times more. Sorry. 38% more. It's a long day. All right. I'll be watching that uh, address for you tonight. Make sure you subscribe to the newsletter over at Substack. Back with you tomorrow.